Hey everyone, welcome back to Kumo's Unfiltered Combos podcast. This is going to be season three and we are live with episode three. So let's go. Hey. <laughs> friend that may be a co-worker at work but you definitely know one one in six american women will be raped in their lifetime 26 million women and so this is a video about rape culture and hopefully how we can stop it first say the thing that i wish i did not have to say this is not a video bashing men this is a video of bringing awareness to an issue that we imagine to be a rare issue that isn't rare at all if one in six American women are raped, 26 million women in their lifetime, that means that a rapist is not this weird, creepy, mysterious guy with an ugly white t-shirt and a creepy white van that's lurking in the shadows ready to rape the unexpecting woman. It is the nigga that you see every day, the person that you're walking past, the person that exists amongst you and seemingly is a normal everyday person. And that really needs to be talked about. We need to understand that rape is not a rare issue. And until we acknowledge the fact that this is a real issue, that we need to face with a certain level of urgency, then I don't think we can undo it. So no, this is not bashing men, but we're about to get some awareness today. First things first, rape is not a woman's issue. Rape is a man's issue. 90% of all victims of rape are women. 90%, that means like almost everybody that is raped is a woman being raped by a man, or rather a person with a vagina being raped by a person with a penis. That being the case, we need to be very clear about what rape culture is. And here is essentially what rape culture is summed up. It is a culture that imagines that the, that the burden of, of not getting raped is on the person that could get raped and not the person that could potentially rape. The longer that we look at women as like, well, you shouldn't have worn that. You shouldn't have dressed like that. You shouldn't have been out there like that. You shouldn't have done it. If it's anything on a woman, you are perpetuating rape culture because the, 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 the urgency is not being placed on the right person. We need to teach men not to rape. More tangible thing that you all can do. Allow women to be as sexually free or promiscuous as they want to be. And here's why that ironically benefits this world. It's because the longer that we imagine that women should be chaste and they should, they should close off themselves and only let so many men see their goodies, all of this imagines that their essence, their, their value is about how many people are not fucking them, right? And it also imagines that if they allow themselves to 
to experience and own their sexuality, then they are more likely to fall victim from rape as if men are these animals that just can't control ourselves. So you shouldn't have shown me a titty because now there must be rape. No, this this particular uh, facet is a very, a very insidious aspect of how rape culture is 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 perpetuated. Stop, stop doing that. sure if you've already heard um after the intro you kind of heard uh what we're gonna be talking about today so trigger warning this conversation that we're going to be having um is very sensitive so when when i mention trigger warning that is just to first warn um you know people who may have been affected by rape culture or if you've been affected by sexual assault or any type of assault or abuse um it's to give you the audience the opportunity to you know to prepare your heart and if you choose to not listen to this episode right now that is completely fine i respect that um if you want to come back to this episode when you are ready to you know sit down and listen to this um episode that is completely fine as well please listen to your heart please listen to your body because our body tells us how we're feeling our body responds to trauma we all respond to trauma in different ways um, so I know that this this episode is going to be very um, heavy and it's very sensitive. So when I say trigger warning, that's just to prepare you, the audience, um, that we're going to be talking about some very, very sensitive um, topics that will make you feel some type of way that might have might cause flashbacks um and i always just want to respect each and every person on this space and this platform by first honoring you the audience and honoring myself as well and understanding that this work that i am doing me being a podcaster and touching on these conversations like rape assault uh abuse like all these conversations are not easy to touch on um but I just really strongly feel that I should speak on this topic and I should share my experience with assault um, as well as addressing how we have normalized, our society has normalized rape culture. Um, and to get started, I am just going to be very honest. I am very, very nervous to, um, to share some of the things that I've been through because again, it also triggers me. Um, and, you know, 
it's it's kind of it's very nerve-wracking but I feel like I should share my story I'm at a place where I'm able to share my story um so to get started now that you have that disclaimer that this is going to be a very trigger warning um it's gonna make you feel some type of way episode um to first get started what I'm going to do here is I am first going to give you all the definition of what rape culture is um so let me just read it here for you all uh what rape culture is and i know some of you are probably thinking rape culture she's talking about like someone being raped um no let me go ahead and dissect what that really means so according to oxford dictionary rape culture is a is a society or an environment whose prevailing social attitudes have the effect of normalizing or trivializing sexual assault and abuse. Um, So basically that means our culture, we see rape culture from, you know, men grabbing women by the ass, feeling like they're entitled to women's asses, to um, men over-sexualizing women in the workplace, in the school, wherever there's a woman who has boobies whatever you have you are object objectified your body is objectified and men feel entitled to you as a woman um and as me i as you all know some of you know how i look i am a young black woman who is petite i'm a little petite person you know i'm pretty short um i'm the average short size i guess um but what I can truly say is, you know, when when you hear, again, the word rape culture, it does trigger this thing of like, oh my God, like she's talking about rape, right? Like that's what I used to think as well. I used to think like, yo, it's like somebody like forcing you on, uh, forcing themselves on your body, right? Um, and, you know, for me, I was adopted. Um, I've shared my story with a couple of you before. I am adopted. Um, my... The way I was brought into this world was that my parents, uh, my biological father, actually raped my mother. So that's how I came into the picture. Um, he raped my mother, and I was born that way. So I was adopted. Um, so I really didn't get to grow up with my biological parents. But I am a product of rape. Uh, so there's this part of me, you know, as I continue to dissect who I am and my story and my journey and the type of person I am, you know, I get upset knowing that my father, and I don't even feel comfortable calling him a father, but the person who caused harm on my mother's body is, you know, created me, you know, so it's kind of weird sometimes. So I have this like weird dynamic of who I am as a person and as a woman, and I'm stewed going through the healing process of that as well um and even as a child i had been sexually assaulted you know i had probably three two men three three boys men whatever they you know i've i've been molested like they molested me one of them molested me and even attempted to rape me when i was a kid so I remember these things. I remember, you know, you you never forget what happens to you when somebody violates your body. You just don't forget it. That's why I will always believe 
people, survivors, women, um, anybody who says they were, you know, sexually assaulted, there's a two percent uh, of only two percent of women who falsely make accusations of being assaulted. It's only two percent of that group, right? There's only two percent of women who make false accusations of being assaulted. So some people, you know, like Karens, sometimes like, you know, Emmett Till, that's a good example of a Karen who accused this young black boy who was out in the summer visiting his parent, his dad or something. Um, I don't know what city, but the story of Emmett Till, a white woman accused Emmett Till of whistling at her when he didn't do that, right? So we, I, I, I'm putting that into consideration as well, that women can be fucking, f like, trifling as fuck. Like, women lie, women assault, women can be predators as well. Women molest boys or men, you know? So that does happen, and I'm not being dismissive of anybody out there who is a man or if you were once a boy and you were assaulted by a woman, I validate that, I see you and I honor you. This in no way is to take away from any male sex survivors, not at all. This is not what this is about. This is to bring awareness and attention to rape culture because rape culture is so normalized in our society today in such like, it's almost like subtle ways we've made it okay. We've made rape culture okay. It happens in our relationships with our partners. If you have a boyfriend or whatever the situation may be or your girlfriend, or if you are a non-binary person, you don't identify with any gender, this assault happens in those relationships as well. So, you know, for me, I know my history you know, going back all the way to me being a probably like, I was probably nine or 10 and having somebody literally touch my breast when I asked him to help me with my homework and he started touching me. And I remember feeling so fucking uncomfortable, okay? I remember being a little girl and feeling so uncomfortable when this grown ass man was touching me and I was like, that didn't feel so good. I remember being like, yo, that didn't feel so good, you know? And um, that same man came in my room at night and like all I hear is felt are like hands going under my covers. And I literally go, what are you doing? Like, I said his name, I go, what are you doing? And he made up the story or your cousin told me to come get this and da 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 da. And I was like, you need to go. I just remember, I was like probably 10. I just remember being like, you need to go, I'm gonna tell my dad. And he left, he left the room. Um, so I, you know, sometimes I wonder like, what would have happened to me if I didn't like get this courage to just be like, you need to go, like you just gotta get out of my room, you know? Like he probably would have raped me that night. Um, he, yeah, he definitely would have raped me. But I do remember the next day waking up and I told my cousins and I go, hey, cause I had older cousins. So I grew up ar around a lot of family members. My dad wasn't home a lot. My mom wasn't home a lot. She lived overseas. I lived in uh, Namibia. So like, that's where I lived, you know? And um, 
I remember my dad wasn't always there, but I was always around my cousins. My cousins were like, I was so close to my cousins. So I told one of my favorite cousins and I go, hey, like he touched me, like just, you know, he did these things to me. And my cousins handled that shit with the quickness. <laughs> Shout out to them. They like handled it and he left, like he had to go. But fast forward from that, more men, cause again, growing up I had a lot of men coming in and out of our household. My, my, like there were so many people coming in and out of my house. And fast forward to that, I have another grown ass man start touching me sexually again. And then I have another man, like my cousin's boyfriend starts like hitting on me, like all oh, this weird shit, I'm just a kid. And when you look back at it now, it's like, when I look back at my journey and my story of being assaulted, um, and now I'm a grown ass woman, like I'm a grown ass woman, right? Like I'm not that little girl anymore, but I'm still finding myself nurturing that little girl. I'm still finding myself nurturing myself in a way of like, you didn't deserve that. You didn't deserve for men to put their, their fucking hands on you, for them to feel entitled to you. You didn't deserve that shit. I did not deserve that shit. And, you know, I had asked um, a couple of my followers on at Kumo's Unfiltered Convo's um, podcast on IG. So please engage with me on Instagram if you follow me. Thank you. So I had asked a couple of my followers. I asked them, I said, were you taught about consent and sex ed when you were in school? And I believe about 90% of people said no. And 10% said yes, or 6% said yes. And when we talk about consent, it's you giving someone permission, right? Saying, hey, I am giving you permission. For example, when, if imagine if I just came on here and just started talking about all this stuff. I, I started talking about assault. I started talking about, you know, rape culture. You hear the word rape. And I didn't ask for your consent for me to talk about this, right? When I first said trigger warning, that's me asking for you all as consent, for you to give me consent to come into your ears, to come into your space, instead of me just being invasive and just coming in like, I'm just gonna talk about this. No, I'm not gonna do that because I understand how fragile and how sensitive the subject is. I completely understand that. So when somebody violates your consent, whether that's you know saying, hey, if you're having sex with someone, it's called stealthing, stealthing. I'm sorry, y'all. This word is a little, it's a little, uh, it's a little hot to pronounce. It's called stealthing, okay? Stealthing, stealthing. That's what it's called. So stealthing is when a partner secret, secretly removes a condom during sex without the person's consent. So. In the past, I've had a couple partners who did this, and I caught some of them, and I confronted them, like, yo, like, why did you remove the condom when I specifically asked you not to take it off? I specifically asked you that I told you before we had sex that I wanted to have protected sex, like, this is what I wanted. But in the past, I've had a few people take off condoms, and I actually didn't even know that still thing is a bad thing that if you're having sex with someone and they take off the condom while you're having sex with that person they take it off 
and you don't know that they took it off, but they're fucking you raw, and you don't know that they're fucking you raw, that that's actually a problem. I didn't know that um, until last year. So once I learned that, and last year I was like 28, um, so I learned that at 28 years old, and it's like when we talk about like rape culture and how we have normalized it, stealthling is part of that, right? Stealthling is part, you know, the, your partner removing, a male partner removing that condom while you're fucking and you don't know that they removed it, that's harmful. That's considered assault. So I've given in the past, once I confronted my partners about this, I've given them the benefit of the doubt. Like I told them like, hey, that's actually not cool. Like you don't do that, right? Like you shouldn't be doing that. So once you explain to someone that that's wrong, it's up to them now what they choose to do with that information. So if I told you to your face, I told you, hey, that's wrong, you don't do that, but you still continue to do it, you are therefore causing harmful behavior. You're therefore knowingly committing assault towards your partner, and you know that it's assault. You know that it's wrong, right? So my hope and my intent in this episode is to, one, bring more awareness to these conversations, and two, for us to understand what consent is. Consent doesn't always have to be sexual. It can be a little kid, us, you know, parents being like, go hug that uncle, right? Go hug your favorite aunt. That person, that kid might be like, I don't feel comfortable. They're saying I don't consent to giving that family member my affection. And we need to respect that. We need to respect children when they say, I don't feel comfortable around that person or I don't feel comfortable, you know, hanging out with that person because kids also are, are growing up in the society. They're growing up in this world and we have to honor their feelings as well. I think that sometimes we dismiss children because they're children and it's like children know so much and they're able to pick up on so much and feel so much. And If I ever get an opportunity to parent, I do hope that I can give my kids the ability to understand, like, you can come to me about if I do something that kind of violated your consent or your boundaries, please tell me because I'm not a perfect parent. There's no such thing as perfect parent, but I do want to be a better parent than than my parents were to me, you know, so. I'm definitely going to teach my kids about consent. I'm definitely going to teach them about you know, if they don't feel comfortable about something, that's fine. They can vocalize that. Um, so, you know, going back to just rape culture, what even, you know, um, actually ignited this conversation was last week, I was on Instagram and I just, you know, I've been feeling about talking about consent and stealthing, stealthing, stealthing. If I'm saying this wrong, y'all, please correct me. Uh, be like, this is how you say it. Um, but still thing, like I actually spoke on it last week on my Instagram and I, you know, just gave people resources on what that is and how we can be better and move forward, you know? Um, and that same week, last week, so I live in Arizona, Phoenix, Arizona. That's where I'm currently at right now. And that same week, right? News starts going around about this politician, this young progressive Latinx politician named Alejandro Larios. Um, So Alejandro Larios is a Democrat and he has done a lot in this community 
uh, four years ago, I was really civically engaged. Like I thought about being, in, you know, going into politics. I did. I have knocked on people's doors to get them to vote for certain candidates. I've done that in some hot ass heat. <laughs> um, so I really have like people know me in the community. They know who I am. And I remember four years ago, I wanted to work with Alejandro Larios, you know? I was like, I would love to be part of his campaign, like this young Latinx man, like he's, he's, we're like probably the same age. And I was like, man, I would love to work with him. Like, that's dope. Like, he's really out here doing good things, like seeing another brown person, you know, black and brown people. Our experiences are not the same, but it's just different when you see people of color taking up space. It just hits different. Um, so for me, I was like, yo, like Alejandro Larios, he's doing all these cool things. How dope. Da, 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 da. I want to be part of his campaign. Last week, um, shout out to Isabella. I will put her um, IG information. She's really been going ham. I appreciate people like her. Uh, so last week, uh, a victim, a survivor who had been assaulted by Alejandro Larios comes out and shares her story, her sexual assault story of how Alejandro Larios attacked her, assaulted her while she was intoxicated, while she was drunk. He took off her clothes. So when you're drunk, you're vulnerable. You know what I mean? If if you are, and men love to do this shit. Men love to take advantage of women. And again, I'm not saying men women don't do this to men. It does happen to men as well through women. But the percentage is 80% of 80% through 90% of women are violated and sexually assaulted by somebody that they know. These are stats, this is data. Um so Alejandro he he knew that this victim was intoxicated and he took off her clothes while she was intoxicated and you know again you're drunk so you're not you're not alert as you would normally be if you are not drunk right so he 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 starts taking off this woman's clothes remind you this is a politician who's been in the community he's done a lot of good things in this community a lot of people respect him he was a co-owner he's the owner he was the owner of la bohemia which is a coffee shop him and um, Carla owned that that coffee shop. So this woman is sharing her story about what happened to her. And I'm intrigued by her story. I'm like listening to her story and I'm like, oh my God, like this is fucking crazy. So this happened last year. This, this incident happened to this woman last year. So she finally speaks up. She finally gets the courage to speak up, right? And what I've noticed always happens when a victim or a survivor speaks up, here are the, why didn't you say something before? Why are you speaking up now? It's too late. Like what? Like you doing it for the clout. He really didn't do that. He didn't do that to you. He wasn't a creep with me. I've never known him to be an, an abuser, right? Like people literally make excuses of their favorites right? Their favorites. It's like people have this hard, like, they cannot accept the fact that their favorite people, people that they've put on this pedestal, and I've done it too, right? 
Cuomo, perfect example, Governor Cuomo. I was posting fucking Cuomo last year during the pandemic. I was posting his ass like, yay, Cuomo, like this is what leadership looks like. Because Cuomo was was leading New York when New York was going through like the like that a death, like high death rates with the pandemic. And Cuomo's leadership was really something that I liked. And I'm gonna publicly say right now, after I found out that Cuomo assaulted women. I want to publicly say I do not support that man anymore. I will not endorse him. Now that I know that he has sexually assaulted women and done the shit that he's done to women, I don't support him. Um, so I don't want nobody to be like, yo, Kumo supported that motherfucker. I didn't know that he was assaulting women. Like, you don't know these things. So for me, now that I know that Governor Cuomo has assaulted women, I no longer support him. Just like Alejandro Larios, I no longer support him. I no longer support La Bohemia Coffee Shop or Carla and Thunderbird Lounge. Shout out to Isabella again for calling these motherfuckers out. Thunderbird Lounge also is a very known like downtown like bar type of setting. One of the owners at Thunderbird Lounge was here abusing his girlfriend, beating his girlfriend. His girlfriend finally got out somebody called the cops because he was beating her he called somebody calls the cops she gets out and you know that's a traumatic thing it's a traumatic thing to go through such an experience right like i've never been in such a situation but like i know people who have been in situations like that i've had to call cops on people who are being beat like i've been the neighbor to call the cops on somebody being abused i've done it so Thunderbird Lounge, Brett, one of their owners, Brett is an abuser. He abused this woman. And so this is all happening last week, y'all. So I'm like, oh my God, it triggers parts of my me and being in certain situations where, you know, I've had to deal with men who are abusive towards me, like, like sexually. So it triggers all this in me. And I'm just like, oh my God, this is definitely a culture. <laughs> actually in phoenix alone there have been multiple 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 women who have come out and spoken against big business owners local business owners like lux lux coffee shop a lot of us love to go to lux if you're in phoenix if you're like into hippie stuff hipster vibes a lot of us in downtown phoenix 
used to love going to Lux. I used to love going to Lux. That was the spot. I used to go to meetings there. I'll do my homework there. But once I found out last year in the summer that Lux was a, a, an abusive environment, an abusive space, I no longer give my money to Lux uh, Central. I no longer go to that coffee shop. So my intent in this conversation is for us to stop supporting abusers. And the sad thing is abusers are our brothers, our sisters, our friends, our partners, people we fall in love with. Uh, they are our coworkers. They are all around us, our neighbors. And that's what's fucking scary. And it takes six to seven attempts for a victim of assault or abuse to leave their abuser. So when you tell a person who's in an abusive situation and you tell them, why don't you just leave? Or why don't you just say something, right? Remember, what happens when that situation happens to you? Me, I'm speaking from a place of being sexually assaulted as a kid and also having grown ass men. I'll never forget when I used to work at my job, one of my jobs, I had this grown ass man and I would talk to him all the time. Like I'd be like, hey, I'm not gonna say his name, but I just would be like, hey, like, how you doing? Like we would chop it up, right? Like we would have conversations and he was Latino and he was, I think from Cuba or something like that. But we would like chop it up and stuff. And one day this man, and I thought he was handsome. Don't get me wrong. I thought he was very handsome. I'm like, wow, he's a handsome man. And one day this man goes, I love watching you walk away. And I just felt violated. I was like, ew, like that's a turn off to me. Like you're sexually harassing me with your words. Like that's sexual harassment, unwanted sexual advances that I don't want at all. I'm not feeling you like that. I don't, you're just gross, you know? And once he told me that, I just felt like, oh, I'm gonna avoid him. So I started to like avoid him and fi like finally, I didn't see him around anymore. So it's like, sometimes when you're in those situations, you know, it's hard. It's hard, especially when you're a woman and living in a society where men over-sexualize women. That's just how men do that shit. They just over-sexualize women. And women, we obviously, we'd be looking at guys like, oh, he cute, you know? But we're not gonna be like, oh, I just wanna, I just wanna watch you walk. I just wanna, I just wanna eat you like a piece of meat. That's how men be talking. Hey, chocolate. I had to tell this man, I said, that is not my fucking name. You don't call me chocolate. That's not my name. My name is Kumoyo. That is not my name. And he goes, I can call you whatever I want. See, we go back to that entitlement. Men feel entitled to women and our bodies. They feel entitled to the woman's pussy. They feel entitled to us giving them sex because we go on a date with them. I don't owe you sex if you go on, if I go on a date with you. Ladies, you don't owe none of these motherfuckers, I'm sorry, you don't owe none of these assaulting men who assault women. We do not owe them pussy. We do not owe them sex. We do not owe them nothing because they take us out on a date. Also, if you are fucking someone, right, and y'all are fucking, you're having sex and you feel uncomfortable while you are having sex. If you are a woman, whoever you are, if you are listening to this and you hear my, the sound of my voice right now, you have a right 
to say, hey, if you feel uncomfortable, I don't want to do this anymore. Can we just stop? And if that person doesn't respect you and they go, well, I'm already in there. Like, why do you want to stop? Like, I'm hard. Just let me, let me finish. Let me just come. You don't have to, you do, if you don't feel fucking comfortable, you don't have to let that man fucking come because he needs to come because it pleasures him. I did that to somebody before. I walked away. I said, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. You are, you're making me feel uncomfortable. And he got mad. (laughs) This man got so mad. I said, no, I need to go home. I need to go home. And I ended up leaving. And he was not happy about that, but whatever. Like, no, I don't feel comfortable. So, yes. Um, If you are having sex with someone and you don't feel comfortable, please just communicate that. And hopefully your partner respects that and backs off. And, you know, you are being safe, you know. And, And, again, Rape culture happens every five minutes, y'all. According to the um, Department of Justice, rape culture happens every five minutes. I mean, rape and assault, sexual assault, happen every five minutes by someone people know or don't know. Um, And my hope is for us to, one, start to really practice consent sexually as well as non-sexually right like hey can I hug you do you do you want to hug like I ask people can I hug you is that okay if I hug you because some people aren't used to touch you know touch for most people can be violation it could be where they were violated um so I, I do try to keep that in mind um because I'm a hugger naturally I'm a person who loves to hug but I had to learn like sometimes people don't want hugs and that's okay it doesn't make that person a bad person for not wanting a hug it's asking them are you okay with me hugging you um and if it's sexually you know examples of sexual consent can be like hey um I really would like for us to have sex um without a condom are you okay with that and if your partner says no please respect that man Please respect it. If your partner says, hey, I don't feel comfortable not having sex with, with a, without a condom just because we don't know each other like that, or, you know, even STDs, it's, it's like people just, we don't normalize communicating like, hey, I got tested. Me letting you know my status and letting you know if I got an STI testing, I, I need to go get mine tested. Um, STIs are very important as well and std testings are very important um but you know letting people know like hey these are my this is what i i my results and i just want to know are you also did you when's the last time that you got tested when's the last time that you know you checked yourself like to see if you're okay health-wise you know because that's you both establishing this safe environment of consent as well as having um healthy sex, positive sex, right? Like, not just sex that's like, okay, we just fucked. No, like, we're trying to prevent STDs. We're trying to prevent um, un- unplanned uh, pregnancies. So it, I think it's important to communicate those things. And I also just want to highlight other um, st- stats as well. One in six men are sexually assaulted in their lifetime. Um, again, this is from the same... Um, resources that I got from the U.S. Department of Justice. 
So one in six men are also assaulted. So this is validating the men who've also been sexually assaulted. Transgender folks are assaulted at extremely high rates and they're, they actually are found murdered. Um, so the life expectancy of a person who is trans transgender is 35. And that's completely alarming. That is a human rights issue, right? Like the fact that the life expectancy of someone who is transgender is 35 is completely alarming. Um, indigenous people are sexually assaulted at extremely high rates as well. And black and black women and brown women are also extremely um, assaulted at extremely high rates. Um, so my hope is for us, because I know this was like some deep stuff, um, but I just felt like this conversation had to be had. And I did put that disclaimer on my Instagram that this season, I'm really going to be making some of you feel uncomfortable. It makes me feel uncomfortable to share about my assault, um, to share about men fucking harassing me in the workplace. Like that's uncomfortable, right? Um, but I do believe that I have something to say and I am being guided to share these stories with you and to share more insight on these matters. Um, and and I hope that we can start having more conversations on what it looks like to to be assaulted and to have positive uh, terminologies to to try to, to to communicate if we don't like something sexually or non-sexually. If you don't like it, if it makes you feel uncomfortable, it's important to communicate those boundaries. And sometimes that's very very hard because one of how we were either raised, culture. And, you know, if people try to suppress your voice, that can affect you as a person, you know. Um, so if you are listening to this episode today and if I know anyone who has abused you or assaulted you and I didn't know that they are an abuser or that they are they have assaulted you. And if I am following them on any of my social media platforms. I am asking you to please send me a DM and tell me, hey, Kumo, you're following this person. I just want to let you know that they did this to me. I will go ahead and unfollow that person and remove them from my list. And if you want me to confront them, I will confront them as well, only with your consent. That's the only time I will ever do that. Only if you give me permission to do so. If you don't give me permission to confront your abuser, I will not confront them. Um, but yeah, y'all, confronting sexual assault and rape culture is definitely not easy. Um, and, you know, even in my past, I definitely have had people try to make me quiet because I called out men who were doing some shit that were fucked up in the church. You know, I've called out assault in the church by somebody we all knew if you were part of the Christian community. Um, you know, a young man named Ivory Myers, I knew him and he assaulted a young 16 year old. And that was very personal to me because I knew this person and I had worked with this person. Um, so when I called out this man, I remember a lot of people were like, you shouldn't have done that. Like, think about this and this. I never addressed his wife. I never addressed people that were close to him. However, I did address the that this is wrong and we need to talk about it in, in the church, you know? Um, so it's not always easy to call out abuse and to speak on abuse and sexual assault and rape culture. It's not easy at all. Um, and, you know, my hope is that as women and, and people who have been victims and survivors of assault, that 
when we understand that it's not our fault. It's not your fault that you've been sexually assaulted. It's not our fault that, it's not even about what you wear. Sometimes men are like, well, she shouldn't have worn that or she was too drunk. No, you don't have a right to violate somebody's body because of what they wore. You don't have a right to touch somebody or sexualize somebody because of what they wore. I can wear whatever I want to wear. Just like me as a woman, I keep my hands to myself I keep these hands to myself. I'm not touching, I'm not going to touch somebody's dick, like a man's dick, because I love men. I'm not going to touch him by the by the penis if I don't know him, like, or if we're not, like, in a relationship. You know what I mean? Like, I just, even if we are in a relationship, like, obviously that's communicated, like, hey, are you okay with me touching you here? Like, we just are touch, we're affectionate towards each other. But, like, if I don't know somebody, I'm not just going to go grab them. Like, that's weird. How would you like it if, if, if you're a man, like, how would you like it if somebody just came and grabbed you by the, like, by your balls, like, by your penis area, just grabbed your penis area? Like, you'd be man uncomfortable. Like, what the fuck? I don't know you. <laughs> That's weird. Um, but yeah, rape culture is definitely something that I want more people to start talking about and obviously keeping in mind of survivors and victims. Um, and yeah. Because it's important, you know, it's important for us to understand our power within these spaces and educating our kids, man. Educating our kids, like young kids, about consent, about if anybody touches you in this way or makes you feel uncomfortable, please let us know. Like, that's important. That's very, very important. Um, I hope that this message, um, I know it was a very heavy message, it was very sensitive. Um, I really do hope that I was able to communicate what I'm trying to communicate because sometimes I get nervous about conversations like this. You know, I, I, I deal with imposter syndrome, like who am I to talk about this conversation? Like I don't know much about it, but I am speaking from my own lived experiences. Like I've lived this, I've experienced sexual assault. I know people who've experienced it. We all know someone who's experienced it. Um, so yeah, y'all, thank you for listening. I will be attaching resources um, for anyone out there who's who's currently going through an abusive situation. I see you. I stand with you. Um, and please remember, y'all, like it takes six to seven attempts for a victim to leave their abuser. So don't tell someone, oh, you should just get out, da 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 Like it's hard for people. And sometimes people don't know that they're being abused or sexually abused in a situation because it can be painted as love right going back to the condom removal or your partner like fucking with your birth control like that's not cool like that's part of seethling like you're fucking up shit that you know is going to affect me like that's not cool um so i hope that this episode spoke to you all um and men please y'all y'all gotta do better men we y'all gotta do better please like it's just about taking ownership you know and if you are a man and you have taken advantage of a woman and you have taken advantage of someone if they were under the influence or if they were you know um like you were fucking them and you just pulled off the condom because you wanted to pleasure yourself um the first thing is taking accountability you know, accountability is very painful. It is very hard. That's why a lot of people don't do it. It's painful because it causes you to look at yourself and it causes you to be honest with yourself. 
and being like, I fucked up. I fucked up. And, you know, I hope that if any man out there have done that to any woman or man or whoever you're fucking, hopefully it's consensual. Um, I do hope that you take ownership and just apologize and begin the steps of doing better, please. Call out your homeboys who are out here being like, yeah, we ran a train on her. We ran a train on that ass. Nah, that's rape culture. You're promoting rape culture. Call them out. Like, yo, that's not cool. Like, did she consent to that? Because I know some people love kinks nowadays. Did that woman consent to that? Was that woman uncomfortable? You know, like, so it's really important to read the room. It's important to to have conversations where you're communicating with your partners, your sex partners, in terms of what type of sex y'all are having, you know, because... Again, it's not just about pleasing the man. And I think that's why our society has normalized rape culture because it's always about pleasing the man. It's always about men, 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 men. What benefits men? What benefits men? And that's why there's a lot of men who are so like upset at the new era of women who are like, nah, fuck that. I'm going to tell you what I want. I'm going to tell you how I want to be fucked. I'm going to tell you what I like. And if you don't like that, then you got to go. That's the type of... I'm I'm grateful to grow up in this era of women who are no longer tolerating bullshit. We're no longer we're no longer taking shit from men, and we're just being like, nah, you can go, boo. I can take care of myself. Eventually, someone who's who's going to be able to handle me and all that I bring to the table will be able to meet me where I'm at at my level. Um, so, yeah, I think it's important to just one if you have done this stuff to women, if you. Yeah, I just I just pray that y'all are like getting your shit together, please. Um, and yeah, it just it's about taking ownership, you know, taking ownership. But thank you so much for tapping into this conversation on rape culture, consent, removing the condom. Um, yeah, thank you. Um, and do not support Alejandro Larios, Tony Navarazzi, if you're in Phoenix area. La Bohemia, we don't fuck with them because La Bohemia actually knew about Alejandro Larios and what he was doing for a year and they said nothing until the victim spoke. So that to me tells me if you knew and you didn't say anything, you didn't, you know, you're trying to promote, they were trying to promote all inclusive space and all this. And it's like, that's performative, you know, Um, granted, I don't know what it's like to run a business, but what I do know is taking accountability and ownership not waiting for something to happen, then you take accountability. You know, I've taken accountability on this platform. If you go back to season one and two, I think, I think it's season one or two. Yeah, season one and two, I actually had to own up to how in the beginning of season one, I was for the cops. I'm not gonna lie, I shouted out the cops. I had to take ownership in season two and I said, I'm not for the cops, I'm for defunding the police. That's where I'm at now. Um, And it's ownership, you know, because I understand like, as people, we will make mistakes. We will make mistakes. There's no such thing as a perfect human. There's no such thing as perfect whatever. And sometimes we just don't know. But when you know better, you do better, right? So when you know, like, okay, this is this person, like Alejandro Larios, before he committed the assault on on his other victim, he actually had a restraining order put against him for assault, a sexual assault, and for stalking his victim, his other victim, before the one who spoke up recently came out, like, and Carla knew that. 
you know, Carla, she owned La Bohemia. I guess they closed it today, but she owns La Bohemia and she knew for a whole year she knew. Um, so that's where I'm kind of like, okay, if you knew, you knew, you know what I mean? Like that's problematic. Um, so please stop supporting these businesses just because it says black or brown, you know, does not mean that these people are really for the culture. That's what I'm really learning. Um, as a black woman, I am learning that just because someone uses like words like activism or performative or white supremacy or just these like social justice terms like doesn't mean that they're really for the community um so it's kind of kind of it's kind of just made me feel some type of way I'm not gonna lie about activism and social justice and just people and men I really do feel some type of way towards men um but that's something that I'm healing through and walking through and process not healing through I think just processing it and letting it sit with me um and we'll see where i'm at i'm not man bashing any men that's what i'm doing shout out to the men out here who are respectful who are taking care of their kids genuinely taking care of their kids teaching their kids like good morals um teaching their kids about honesty teaching their kids about how you treat other people especially women and transgender folks and lgbtq people like you're teaching your kids these new ways of how to live life and how to function in society so thank you to those people who are doing that um, but yeah, thank you for tapping in y'all. Um, let me know what you thought about this episode. I hope you like it. Um, and to survivors and victims, I believe you. I send all my love to you. Um, and thank you for being you. Thank you for your story. Thank you for your voices. Um, but yeah, thank you so much y'all for tapping into Kumo's Unfiltered Convo's podcast and we will see you next time. Do you see me? I'm there, vibing freely. I don't care. I'm a vibe anywhere. Take a drive or by the flying pressure, cause I'm brave. Nobody's quite like you. Baby, you got confidence, it's true. You got away with your words. Forget a stage, you'll be heard. You elevate, know your worth, and you can't be played, you see. Baby, it's the vibe for me. Survive for me